Every Sunday, we gather to make much of Jesus through the preaching of God's Word, worship, and fellowship together. We would love for you to come join us. We have two services, one at 8.30 and one at 11. We hope you will grow in your affection for Jesus with today's message. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for worship this morning. I'm so glad to know that you're there. And I pray that God will bless you and, and use this message to speak to your hearts. As I preach my final sermons as senior pastor of First Baptist Melton, I want to encourage you to remember just how much Jesus loves you, to remember the greatness of our God, and to remember and experience the joy of a Christian. And today I want to speak to you about sharing Jesus globally. Now, some of you will recognize that as the third part of our church mission statement, knowing Jesus intimately, serving Jesus passionately, and sharing Jesus globally. And so it is that global sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ that I want to focus upon this morning. And so in light of that, I would ask you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter, and in a few moments we'll read beginning with verse 16, Matthew 28 beginning with verse 16. First Baptist Belton, as far as I know, has been a mission-minded church for the entirety of her 167 years. But I want to share with you a story. It's a story that took place in March of 1995, and it was an event that I believe literally changed our church and propelled us rapidly forward into the church God desires for us to be even now in 2020 in regard to sharing Jesus globally. In March of 1995, the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, through two of our missionaries, Tom and Bonnie Heron, serving in Brazil, extended an invitation to a group of our youth to come to Brazil and there to share the message of True Love Waits with Brazilian youth. Tom and Bonnie Heron had been members of First Baptist Belton before they went to Brazil. Tom had served on the staff at the University of Mary Harden Baylor. Bonnie served on the church staff and was a graduate of the University of Mary Harden Baylor and so had a wonderful relationship with our church. And so they invited us to send our youth to Brazil, and this was the first invitation that the International Mission Board had ever made to a youth group to make a journey under the auspices of the International Mission Board. And so a significant number of our youth made that journey during spring break of 1995. And while in Brazil, they found there that the schools were wide open for them to come in and share not just True Love Waits, but to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they also had the opportunity of speaking in many different churches and before church youth groups. And the news media uh, learned that they were there and covered their time in Brazil fairly extensively. And it was an incredible experience. And when our youth made the journey home, and some of those youth are still here, part of our church even today, when they made their journey home, they brought back a message from Tom and Bonnie Heron who said, thank you for sending our youth, and one of these days, 
we would like to extend an invitation to another group to come, this time likely a, a group of adults to come and help us in Brazil. And so our response was, let us know when and what you want us to do, and we'll be obedient to what God tells us. Well, in 1999, during the summer of that year, one of our college students, UMHB college student, went to Brazil and lived for several months with the Herons and served there as uh, a missionary. And when she returned to the United States, returned home, she brought with her an invitation from Tom and Bonnie Heron and also from the International Mission Board for us to go back, to go to Brazil in the summer of 2000 and to help Tom and Bonnie with some very important mission work. By the way, that college student is still here today as part of our church, and she happens to be uh, our daughter, Christy Davis Jackson. And so in July of 2000, a significant number of adults, I think it was in the neighborhood of 20 adults from First Baptist Church, journeyed to Brazil to serve with Tom and Bonnie Heron for about 10 days. Now, here's what Tom and Bonnie wanted us to do. They asked us to come and build a church. And by that, I mean the church building. To come and build a church in one week. And while we were there, to do door-to-door evangelism and also to speak in a number of churches on the two Sundays that we would be there. And so that is what we did. And yes, we did complete the church in less than a week because the first service in the building was held on Saturday evening. And it was quite a significant occasion in that, in that community. Now, it was not a church building like what we have here in Belton, but it was a pretty big place. And I still remember its A-frame shape with, with uh, large wood beams and I was so proud of of our folks. I was a real gopher. I just did whatever I was told to do. But I was so proud of our folks for the hard work that they did that week. And I still remember our gathering in Tom and Bonnie's home on Sunday afternoon, the last Sunday that we were there. We were to leave the next morning to come home. And one of our group asked Tom and Bonnie, when we go home, what do you want us to do to not just help you here in Brazil, but to help all of our missionaries. What can we do? And uh, Tom and Bonnie said, well, of course, give to the cooperative program, which they knew we were already doing generously. But they added one other thing. They said, go home and have the church buy a house somewhere in Belton and make that house a missionary residence for missionaries who come home on what they call then furlough, today's stateside assignment, three months, six months, up to a year, to give them a place to live because there's a great shortage of housing for our missionaries. And so they challenged us to do that. And so our group came home and talked about it, and one very generous family uh, purchased a home, a beautiful home here in Belton, and gave it to the church to use as a missionary residence. Now, in... The vernacular of the day, I guess we could say the rest is history. But during these 20 years, we have had a steady 
parade, as it were, of missionary families from all over the world to come and stay with us for a few months, even some up to a year. And what an incredible blessing they have been to us. And all of that that happened propelled us almost like it was a a slingshot propelling us rapidly into a new world of missions. Praying, giving, sending, going, and in these ensuing years, literally several hundred of our church family have gone to many different countries around the world and to many different states here in the United States on mission. I tried to recollect all of the countries that we've been to, and so I'll not name them all, but I know that we've been to at least 25 countries on five different continents. In North America, we've been to Haiti and the Dominican Republic and others. In South America, Brazil and others. In Africa, we've been to Burkina Faso and Kenya and Uganda and others. In Asia, we've been to India and China and Indonesia and and others. And in Europe, we've been to France and the Czech Republic and Moldova and others. And to 14 states here in the United States, including Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Georgia, Montana, Louisiana, and at least eight others. And what an impact it has made upon our church family to be able to serve the Lord in hands-on missions in many different places. Now, 2020 has been a challenging year in many ways. And just to look at it on the surface, we might observe that 2020 has been a setback for us in missions, primarily because of COVID. But I really would like for us to wait before we make that evaluation. Let's wait until we know the whole story. Because something in my heart tells me that God has been at work through all of this, advancing the gospel in many of those places where we had planned to go but had to cancel our trips. And I'm pretty excited about finding out, hopefully soon, down the road, what God did in our absence but doing what only He can do. So the question is at this important time in the life of our church, where do we go from here? Your next pastor will love missions. Now, you may say, do you trying to tell us that you know who it's going to be? (laughs) No, I do not know who it's going to be. Well, then you may ask, well, how do you know he's going to love missions? Well, here's how I know he's going to love missions. You won't call him if he doesn't love missions. So I know that he will. In this ensuing time, I want to encourage you, church, to resist voices that will try to divert your focus and your determination. Some who might try to take you back to a bygone day that no longer exists. The challenge for us as a church, will be great in terms of time, money, hard work, confrontation, perhaps even persecution. But I want to challenge you to stay the course. And I want us to read today a passage that's probably familiar to most of you. 
And that's from Matthew's Gospel, the 28th chapter, beginning with verse 16. And here's what it says. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, this is the resurrected Jesus, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So let's think for a few more moments on sharing Jesus globally. First of all, I want us to think about our DNA. You know that DNA stands for deoxyribonucleic acid. I always stumble when I try to say it. In preparing for this message, I did a lot of reading about DNA, and it didn't take long for me to get way above my head. It's a fascinating thing, but it's most fascinating to know that God is the creator of DNA and of your DNA and my DNA, and, and DNA is the hereditary material in humans, and it's utterly amazing to see what God does and to see his greatness. DNA, in a manner of speaking, determines what you look like, what your traits may be, are you going to be tall, are you going to be short, are you going to be skinny, are you going to be stout, are you going to have black hair or blonde hair, blue eyes or brown eyes, what are you going to look like? DNA helps to determine that. Your traits inherited from your parents or your grandparents. I never cease to be amazed when I look at our daughter Christie's and Eric's oldest son Davis because when I look at him I see one created in the spitting image of my wife's father Colonel Joe Crane because Davis looks exactly like his great grandfather his hair his face his slender body his gait the way that he walks and we're discovering the longer we're around him that he even thinks and and talks and acts like his great-grandfather, and that's a good thing. Missions is in our DNA. In fact, I want to remind you of what our missions minister, Dr. Jason Gish, says to us over and over again. Missions is not something we do. Missions is who we are. So it is our history. Our DNA, our history, our today, our future, until Jesus comes again. Now, the second thing that I want us to notice from this passage in regard to sharing Jesus globally is our power. Our power. Look again at verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. He didn't say some authority, a little bit of authority, or even a whole lot of authority, But he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Because all power is his, and that power is available to us, fear and doubt are eliminated 
The word unable is not a word we use in regard to missions. It is his power that pushes us, that guides us, that prods us to ongoing action. Now, there's a third thing that I want us to notice from this text in regard to sharing Jesus globally, and that is our decisions. Our decisions. The text in the original language literally says, as you are going or as you are on the way, make disciples. As we are going, we are making decisions daily. They are continual. And so our decisions are to pray as we've never prayed before, to give as we've never given before, to send, to go, and to plant in ways that perhaps we've never done before. We decide to go, and there's no looking back. We decide to give, and there's no looking back. We decide to plant, and there's no looking back. Literally, as you are on the way, we are continually making decisions to honor God by sharing Jesus globally. The fourth thing that I want us to notice from this passage of Scripture is our destinations. Our destinations. Our roots are deep in India, Moldova, Haiti, China, Kenya, Uganda, Indonesia, Seattle, and our deepest roots, of course, are right here at home in Belton, Bell County, Texas. There are other places to which we have gone and will continue to go as we seek God's will and, and feel our way along in obedience to the Holy Spirit, other places that may ultimately become places where our roots are deeply planted and I think of places like Panama and Taiwan and Des Moines and El Paso among others so here is a proposal for us to think about let's have a renewed commitment as a church to evangelism at home the world has come to central Texas and we see it every single day. So let's renew our commitment to evangelism right here at home. Look at the opportunities we have. The University of Mary Hardin Baylor's campus touches our campus. We know and love students and faculty and staff and and there's a great relationship and UMHB is a mission field. Fort Hood, the largest military base in the free world, is an incredible mission field. The medical community in Bell County is an incredible mission field where people come to, to study and learn and do research. And so we understand that the mission field is right here. So we recommit ourselves to evangelism at home. We recommit ourselves to church planting. We have recently planted Renewal Church, and they are doing so very well and we are so grateful now planting is part of our dna or is it 
That's the decision that we will make as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if we are going to continue to be a church planting church, where will we plant? Where will be our next plant? Will it be another church in Bell County? Or will it be a church plant in what the North American Mission Board calls a SEND city, S-E-N-D, of our larger cities in America? In a visit that I had with Dr. Jason Gish earlier this week, he had been in conversation with the North American Mission Board and with experienced church planters, and they encouraged him to focus, first of all, on finding the planter, that is, a young a young man who will be our planting pastor. And then once we have found him, then we work with him and let him help to lead us in deciding where our next church plant will be. And so we're in a great place for that. We have a young ministerial staff. We are tightly related to the University of Baron Baylor where there are a lot of, of young folks called to ministry. And so we're in a unique position to find church planters, not only now, but in the generations to come. And so we shall, I trust, continue to plant churches, not churches that we're going to micromanage, but churches to whom we say, here are the parameters, here are some guidelines, and we are supporting you, we are praying for you, we're helping you, let's go plant. And then also, as we think about the future to be steadfast in our commitment to our unengaged, unreached people group in South Asia that we have called, for security purposes, the Sega. We've been interrupted in our ministry there this year, but I do want you to know in conversation with the young evangelist who is our go-to person in South Asia, God is at work doing amazing things. And so we're going to discover when we're able to return that things have moved forward. They haven't stayed static. They haven't moved backwards, but they have actually moved forward. And we are thankful to God for that. Now, the fifth thing that I want to share with you from this passage is in regard to sharing Jesus globally is this, our reasons our reasons. Is there a reason for doing this? Yes, there are four. Reason number one, it is a command. It is sheer obedience to the command of Christ. Reason number two, Jesus said the fields are white already to harvest. Send out laborers into the harvest field. Pray for laborers to go to the harvest field. There are literally multitudes waiting to hear and waiting to give their lives to Christ. Third reason, everybody in this world is going to spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And that is the reality that faces us. And so we share Jesus globally because every man and every woman on the face of planet earth will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And our desire is that they know Jesus and spend eternity in heaven. And then the fourth reason is this. It is simply sheer joy to share the gospel around the world. It is sheer joy to pray for missions. It is sheer joy to give to missions. It is sheer joy to actually go and share Christ yourself with others. 
It is sheer joy that propels us forward. And so for those four reasons, we will continue to share Jesus globally. And then number six, finally, I want us to notice our promise. Look at verse 20 again. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is our promise. He is with us. He will be with us. What more could we hope for? What more could we ask for? Will we obey? Yes, we will. And we have the promise that he is with us. I've been in ministry now for nearly 50 years. And by the way, lest you think ministry comes to an end on October the 31st, my wife and I will continue to do ministry. I won't be your senior pastor anymore, but we are still planning to do mission work and anything we can to assist the the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if God gives me just a couple of more years, I'll reach that 50-year mark of being in ministry. And I've learned some things over 50 years, some things I've learned the hard way. But one of the things I've learned over 50 years is this. Mission-minded churches are never comfortable. I want you to think about that for a minute. Mission-minded churches are never comfortable. There is always a restlessness just beneath the surface because we know there are people to reach, there are places to go, there are churches to plant, there is an obedience to be carried out, and so there is that restlessness just beneath the surface that helps to propel us with that deep sense of obedience to Christ. So here's a challenge in regard to missions. Never say we can't. If God tells us to do something, we can. Don't ever say, well, not now. Why would we say not now when there are millions and millions and millions of people who do not know Christ and millions who've never even heard his name? So the time is now, and we can, by the power of Christ. Pray harder than you've ever prayed before. Give more than you've ever given before. Make yourself available more than ever before. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ more than ever before. The challenge is before us, and God will help us and enable us. I'm excited about your giving this year in spite of covid You've already given to our global mission fund $118,000. Our goal is $275,000. And and so I believe we're going to make it, even though we're probably a little behind where we would have been had it not been for all that's taken place with COVID. We've still got that month of December and folks thinking about international missions. So I encourage you to be faithful in giving to the global missions fund. Be faithful in praying and get ready to go or to send and to plant. We want to press forward. It's not going to be easy in South Asia because the government is opposed to the proclamation of the gospel. It won't be easy in China either, but we must press forward in both of those places. 
Now let me close out all of this by just sharing with you a term that Dr. Gish introduced me to the other day. Uh, it's a term called integrative missions. It's not a buzzword. It's not the latest hip thing to say. It is really who we are. Integrative missions. Because missions is in everything we do. There is a mission aspect or component to music, to Sunday school, to children's ministry, to youth ministry, to college ministry. It is a horizontal ministry that cuts through everything we do as a church. It isn't simply a vertical stack pole ministry. It cuts across everything that we do. So remember the term integrated missions. You'll hear more about it in the days to come. We are a church committed to missions. This church was committed to missions long before I ever got here. And this church will be committed to missions long after I'm gone. Because that's our DNA. That's who we are. So I want you to know, I can't wait to see what God will do through his people known as First Baptist Belton. Father, thank you for challenging us to missions. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for empowering us. Thank you for enabling us. And I pray that in the days to come, we'll find here a people more committed than ever before to sharing Jesus globally. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you and God bless you for joining us today, church. I want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in praying and in your stewardship. Uh, As you know, uh, hopefully today we reopened for worship in our worship center. And so I hope that you will be able to come back and be part of that um, at 8.30 or 11 o'clock. But don't come until you feel comfortable. And if you aren't able to come or choose not to come, please know we will continue uh, on Sunday mornings at 8.30 to put out the service. And you can watch it anytime thereafter. And I want to close today with the benediction that we've had uh, every week since March the 15th. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Please feel free to call the church at 254-939-0705 if you need prayer or need to talk with someone. We're here to listen, to help, and to encourage. 